This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, a show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are taking a look at Chicken Run to see if our nostalgia is warranted. So, Sarah, you brought this one forward. Are you prepared for a 60-second synopsis? No, but I'll do it anyway. Perfect. All right. I'll give you a countdown. Uh, Three, two, one, go. Ginger and her band of chickens have been planning and failing to escape their prison-like chicken farm. When they meet a circus chicken named Rocky... They are mistaken into thinking he can fly and that he can teach them to fly. After many adventures in attempting to fly and uh, Ginger almost getting destroyed in a pot pie farm, pot fire farm, pot pie machine, Rocky saves her and she eventually learns when he leaves that he cannot actually fly and that he just gets shot out of a cannon. They then decide if without Rocky's help, they will still build a giant chicken machine to fly for them. They eventually do get it to work and almost escape before the farmer's wife, who has been trying to kill them, um, attaches herself in, almost pulling down the machine. Eventually, Ginger almost gets herself killed, but dislodges the evil pie maker from her machine, and they escape to freedom, where they live in paradise with all of the chickens and their two rat friends for some reason. All right. Wow. You beat it, because it's about to go. There it is. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Good, I will continue my reign as the only person who has never beaten this game. And I feel like Sarah actually wrote down the thing this time. Oh, I only wrote down about the first sentence. Yeah, that's... <laughs> just to get you into it. Yeah, All right, just speaking of getting into things, let's get into long form. So, what did you guys see as adults that you missed in children? What did you see on this one that you missed other in times? children? I don't yep, know. I... Missed in children is what I said. <laughs> I stand by it. I've seen this a few times over the years, so there wasn't as many things that I really? didn't remember because it wasn't I haven't it wasn't like I haven't seen it in like twenty years. But there weren't it was just a lot of me remembering again, like especially with animated ones, there's people, oh I know that actor, but as a child I didn't recognize their voice and now being an adult, I'm like, Oh no, I know who that person is. I so just remembered that when it came out before I didn't was not thrilled by it, I guess. Um, I was not very interested in it in the first place. Like, I saw it and thought it looked dumb, but then I also said that the first time I saw a trailer for Toy Story, and it's, like, (laughs) one of the highest-ranked movies on my list, so... (laughs) I was a huge Wallace and Gromit fan, so I was was into Chicken Run. See, Wallace and Gromit was never a touchstone for me as a child, and, like, I saw this in college, so... I. I don't know if I saw it as a kid, and it wasn't one of my favorites, particularly because it is a very dark-toned oh, movie. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, down to, like, the, the color scheme, everything is really muted, everything is really dark, and, like, at one point, the person who's always knitting things knits herself a noose, and we, in another part, we see in silhouette one of their friends, a chicken, get her head chopped off. Artman Animations is not afraid to do some things that are very 
out of the ordinary for children's films. Well, that's like, what I, it almost. I mean, you start off with a scene of a chicken getting her head cut off. Like, I don't know. I I still think maybe it is a children's movie, but it's definitely on the darker spectrum of children's and, movies. And it might be because it's British, and what is allowed for children in different countries is different than in the U.S., where we feel that we must very protect children when it comes to all sorts of things where there's a lot of british children things that are not okay like (laughs) well yeah i think this does harken back to like traditional fairy tales level of like violence and whatnot though i mean if you compare it it's somewhere in the middle between traditional fairy tale and what is considered safe for american children i mean but I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, like Redwall, lots of people died in Redwall. Watership Down, I read as a child. There's dead bunnies in that. Yeah, none of these are ringing a bell for me. I have read Watership have you never Down. Read Red... I've you never, never heard of that Redwall? other one. No, nope. I've only I've only heard of Redwall in reference to like uh, an RPG where you play rats. It was a huge book series. There was tons of them. You never read any of those books? Nope. I, were there I, rats? <laughs> no, I haven't. There, there were all sorts of animals. It was. Are you really society. surprised about this? Oh, yes, yeah. I am. Those were hugely popular. <laughs> okay, you do realize out of the three of us, you are by far the most literate. I mean, what, but you I read mean, like, 300 books that every that six the, months? But I mean, <laughs> I had friends that that was until like Harry Potter came out, that was the only books they would read. Is They what? would read nothing else, but they would read Red I Yeah, no. Uh, my touchstones were more like Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, not like Animorphs. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's the book series I attach to. There are 22 books in this series. Yeah, that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, no, they're, but they're not all like, some are like prequels, some, they're not, they're all in the same universe. They're not necessarily all a continuous Anyway, line. does this relate yeah, to Chicken to Run chicken somehow? Run. <laughs> Yes, because the point is, I there were many animal-themed children's yes, there, things where people died. There are also died. rats in this movie. Yeah, there yes. are. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I made a comment during our pre-show that I thought this tied into, like, a concentration camp, which was not true, but I can see where I made that connection, because this is... Very much like a German POW camp it, where soldiers are being held against their will behind fences and barbed wire fences. It's or, very yes, much other fences. a children's animal take on a escape movie. Like yes. literally yeah. if you put an escape movie into Google, it's all of these like escape from Alcatraz, escape from New right. York, um, the Great Escape, and then it's just Chicken Run. And it's really funny because it's all these adult action movies and then Chicken Run. Yeah, I mean, it definitely goes within that genre. Also, like, the music in this film is very militarized. Like, they have somebody playing the drums uh, at the beginning kazoos. of it. Oh, and also the uh, the one male character in the encapturement was yeah. this very old rooster who worked in the military. He's great. So, I mean, I love him. they're definitely making references to a POW camp. So I wasn't way off the mark with my no. comments before. It, it's 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 kind of almost a a parody of a specific genre that does involve prisoner of war camps, prisons, that sort of thing. Which is interesting because we don't see this type of movie anymore. I mean, it's because it's a type of movie that is glorifying like the greatest generation where everyone was going to war and it was you were surviving by your own wits and your abilities with a gun or with machines. Uh, and today's movies, like every warfare movie, has to do with like drones and quadcopters 
and bigger technology as opposed to personal achievement. And I think it fit kind of with what DreamWorks animation was doing at that time, because we talked about last week with Rodel Dorado, there were things in it that were a little bit questionable and things, I mean, Prince of Egypt gets real dark at times. And I think if, I think Ardman Animation does stuff with Disney now, because I know Sean the Sheep was on Disney, but I think if they had gone to Disney with this one, it wouldn't have flown. Like they couldn't oh, have gotten away no. with this with Disney in the early 2000s. Whereas DreamWorks at that time was willing to push a lot of the boundaries. I don't think they necessarily are anymore. But at that time, they did very different things. They were trying to be very different mm-hmm. than like the, what Disney was doing. Yeah, which is an interesting strategy to try to win back some market share. Uh, though I don't know as a kid which one of them would have spoken to me more. I think I was far more in the Disney vein <laughs> of things. My sister and I were very kind of weird we were weird children we like oh weird. go on <laughs> this is a shock to me that you and your family weird. are weird please we were, explain we were yourself a little morbid in certain ways and stuff that we liked and so this sort of i'm really hoping that she works. listens to this episode so oh, she oh she's like that. our number two fan after she's, my girlfriend she's not gonna disagree she, so so this sort of like weird thing oh i know that she has some of the like DreamWorks soundtracks and listen to them. So I'm like this, this for us was, I did both, but I think it was a smart marketing idea because you can't beat Disney at their own game. If you're going to, especially at, during this time, it was probably about the end of the Disney Renaissance. So getting a little, not as good, but still like powerhouse time of Disney. You can't beat Disney at Disney. You have to do something different. All right. Let's talk about some of the characters in this because we have, we have Ginger, uh, who is played by someone I will need to look up. Oh, uh, I don't remember her name. I know she was in the Pride and Prejudice mini- series as Lydia, which is when she started talking. I'm like, oh, I recognize that voice. She's also in Absolutely Fabulous. Yes, her name is Julia Sawalha. She's great. Uh, uh, and then we have Rocky Rhodes uh, played. Uh, <laughs> by he is Mel a rooster. Gibson. Yeah, played by Mel Gibson, pretending to be a rooster who can fly. Which both of his names, both Rock and Road, don't make me think of like aviation or flying through the air. It does that, make me really want ice cream, though. That might that be is part true. of the thing, because as you will see, there are many, many puns in this movie. So oh many puns. Oh my god, so many puns. Though, <laughs> the two rats, when they are heckling the chicken's attempts at flying, are my absolute favorite. Oh, they're That is great. where the line, it's poultry in motion, comes from. But it's, it's the same as is, his name? Uh, uh, Statler and Waldorf on the Muppets making fun of yes. everyone else. Oh, and, it's the best. And, and I like the way they do the puns in this movie because they it's like they know the puns are bad and that is why they do it, are doing them. So there's always this kind of like kind of joy in the puns when they do them because <laughs> they know they are annoying people with them. And I'm like, yeah, you go uh, the like, one that got me, the one that broke the camel's back was when, um, let's see, Ginger is looking for Rocky and can't find him, finds him in the hen house. He somehow has gotten a martini glass. He puts one of his tail feathers yeah, in it. He's like, look, a cocktail. They're, they're terrible, but I love them. Oh, I just, uh, I, you know how I feel about puns. This uh, is your pun favorite. overloads. <laughs> yeah, was. you're right. Um, I want to talk about my favorite character, who is... Oh, was it the lady? No. Uh, oh. Babs. I love Babs. She's she's so positive and so dumb, and she gets so many of the great 
like dumb blonde punchlines. And yes. they're done so well. Like every time she's like, oh, did they go on a vacation? <laughs> I was just, oh, it's great. Yeah. When her friend is taken in to be made into dinner. She is like, oh, I can't wait until she gets back from vacation. And and there was one where she's like, oh, when she thinks she's going to get taken to be killed. And she's like, my life flashed before my eyes. It was really boring. And I'm like, oh, it's, <laughs> yes. it's perfection. Yeah, there's several characters like that. Everyone except for Ginger in the hen house is like a character that has one defining characteristic and no depth whatsoever. But, I mean, it works because all of those fit into the third act. So you've got the your character, who I believe is always sewing. She's the one who or knits herself uh, a noose. And apparently... You've- that's they really knitted those things. They used like toothpicks and like what? They're really knitted. That's what's what IMDb told me. Wow, that is insane. But you've got like another person who's the the characteristic nerd who does all like the calculations Mac. and whatnot. Uh, you've got the other one who's kind of like a strong person. Yeah, she's like, the muscle. Yeah, that's her defining characteristic. I don't remember her name because it wasn't important. She was just the strong <laughs> character. But she's played by, what's her name? Imelda... Uh, Staunton. Yeah, from Harry Potter. There's a lot of her Harry Potter is... people in this. Yeah, her name is Bunty, Bunty by the way. Because Imelda Staunton, Miranda Richardson, and um, Timothy Spall are all Harry Potter people later. Yeah, having seen this movie twice now, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you really any of the characters' names. Just because they they don't have a lot of depth to them, which is fine. They perform a very specific job within the narrative. Maybe that goes back to the fact that this is really a parody. So you have the leader, you have the brains, you have the muscle, you Mm -hmm. have the comic relief. There's all of those. You have the the old timer who doesn't want change or anything like that. Mm -hmm. There are all these archetypes that you see in these kind of escape caper movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's either the escape movies or the reverse of that, which would be a heist movie. Yes. Yeah. Caper heist. Which, yeah, it's a specific formula that works very well. Because this is a very uh, closed narrative. Like, they're basically in this camp and one other setting uh, in the film at the very end. And having that enclosed space definitely makes you feel like you're a prisoner within this camp because you're not going anywhere else. You are stuck mm-hmm. here the entire movie. And I think it's a, it would also help some production costs because they didn't have to build those other sets in clay. And it works well within the story. Yeah, because, I mean, there's some elaborate things for stuff like the pie machine and a lot of the actions mm-hmm. machines. Those must have been insane to do. Oh, yeah. I I used to think that I would really enjoy doing stop motion animation, uh, but then I found out how much time it would take to do a thing, and I decided that I don't have that much free time to just make it up for fun, so... Yeah, because it's something on the scale of 40 frames per second of film, so you can match how fast Um... the eye is sampling... Do they do it differently than hand? Hand drawn is twenty four per second. I don't know if the stop motion is more, but I I don't know. But like, yeah, even at twenty four, you're looking at a lot of frames to make up, say, a minute of film time. And I mean, in in a lot of older stop motions, you see that they they have elaborate things, but they don't do they don't move super as super comp. Yeah, because I mean, it's just insane. But like that pie machine mm-hmm. and some of the like the flying oh, yeah. stuff. 
And when the one chicken is, like, zooming on that cart, like, at full speed, and then runs into the fence, like, those must have been taken some work. Yeah, because you have, like, 20 different moving parts in a single frame. I remember I love the, like, almost Rube Goldberg sort of pie machine. Like, there's so many moving parts and different things. Yes, the and pie just, machine is great. I love so that scene. It's so intricate and it was interesting so exciting. to watch. Uh, and also, like, all the contraptions at the beginning, because that's their big thing, oh, yeah. is that Ginger keeps coming up with escape plans that keep failing because of the other chickens she's trying to bring along with her. Like, that's her motivation. She could escape at any moment, but she wants to escape with everybody. Yeah. And she even says yeah. that once in the movie when she's talking to Rocky. And mm-hmm. it's like, displayed it, later when he finally does just leave them and he gets away without any problems when he goes by himself. So it's always yeah, just I did the fact a, that you're trying to leave with everyone that causes the problem. I did have a comment at the beginning because one of their first escape attempts is simply to dig under the fence with a spoon. And the reason this doesn't work is they make the fattest chicken go first after Ginger and that chicken gets stuck. And it's just, this is really poor plan to have the, the largest deeper. character go first. Yeah. Because there's already dogs going around the fence. This is a, a chicken house with like 10 foot barbed wire fences, <laughs> towers, shining spotlights everywhere, and a man walking around with Dobermans as a well, guard. My question is, once you start, they've, they've been doing all this stuff for a while, and Mr. Tweedy is... Like, it's this whole conspiracy theory to him, like, the chickens are organized. I would love to see, like, (laughs) this idea that it originally started out as a normal chicken farm, and as he got more and more paranoid, he just started adding stuff. He's like, one day dogs, one day barbed wire, one day security lights, and his wife is just like, this man is an idiot. (laughs) Well, let's talk about their relationship. Maybe the whole movie was just his imagination of the chickens (laughs) running away. Well, because now he thinks the gnomes are at it, too. Oh, that's right. Uh, But let's talk about their relationship, because throughout the entire film, I was confused whether or not those two were married, or whether Mr. Tweedy owned the farm and she was some sort of manager, because they show no relationship between them. She does goose him at one point. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Though... Like, there's no loving words. We never see them kiss or even hug each other. They are in a very cold relationship with each other. I think if I would get along with Mr. Tweedy, I think. The missus, <laughs> not so much. But he he's like, he wasn't really the evil... He, he, he was kind of the bad guy, but he was under right. the control of the Mrs. Tweedy. And, he's kind of uh, stupid and paranoid. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's but not I like mean, he I was just he's... doing things to be mean. He was usually being ordered around by someone else. Except to for the time into, when Ginger well, To put it into Harry Potter terms, he's more of the filch than the Voldemort. Someone who's the housekeeper and slightly, you know, real. Uh, I don't want to call him evil. Uh, he's but a lackey. He's an antagonist, uh, but not the main antagonist. Yeah. Um, But I think this is another kind of archetype you see a lot in in certain things and dickens does it a lot with characters where you have this very unloving relationship um you see it in other things where you have the the very shrew angry wife who like is completely controlling of her kind of lackey husband Mm -hmm. so -hmm. yeah though she's also the only one interested in the business of this farm 
even though it's she's, his farm. Like, because when when yeah. she starts well, doing the pies, because he was saying, uh, "My link. dad was an egg yeah. farmer. His dad was an egg farmer. His father was an egg farmer." Well, she doesn't care about the farm. She just wants she, money. At, yeah, because at yeah. one point she's like, "I'm going to put all the chickens in the machine." Well, then you don't have any more chickens. Well, yeah, I want to talk about chickens. the business of this farm because we only see, like, middle-aged chickens. We don't see any chicks. We see one rooster who is beyond his prime. <laughs> so, like, they're not repren- replenishing their stock yeah. of chickens. At one point, this farm is going to run out of chickens with nothing to back it up. I mean, maybe it just wasn't, like, a good season for babies <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't know when I, this takes place british hmm. weather is weird i want to say the only reason they didn't have babies is that they wouldn't be able to escape with babies and they wanted a True. happy ending at the end except then they have a bunch of babies but yeah, who is the, the father place. of all of those babies are they all ginger and rocky's babies Oh, God, that's a question. They may Was not they, all be gingers, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they would all yeah, have to be gonna get a, He is literally in a hen house. Uh, uh, and what about the uh, the old man? Do you think he's still having babies? I don't. I think he's too okay. old. I don't, I don't know. want I don't know to think chicken, about that. I don't know chicken yeah. science. I don't know chicken science I, either. I grew up in the suburbs. Well, well you I know, also want to talk about... We, the uh, the plan that they have with the machine, because she reads on a pamphlet, like a pamphlet she got in the mail that she's going to base her life on, that she can make a lot of money by selling chicken pies as opposed to the eggs that chickens produce. But like she can sell maybe upwards of a hundred pies because it's like one per chicken. Well, well, I we think it would have been more than one per chopped. chicken because we don't ever see the chickens get yeah. chopped up. So we don't know how much meat actually goes in each pie. I think right, it, the one time we do see the one. machine, though, it is Ginger is in one pie and Rocky is in another. But, but remember, but they not... don't actually go through the meat thing. All right, they fair end enough. up on the dough machine. But I also want to talk about what about the raw materials you need to feed into this machine to comp- to produce a chicken pot pie? Yeah, because you have to give it the dough, you have to give it the vegetables. Is that cheaper or more expensive than just buying chicken feed? I don't. I don't know chickens, but also they spent a bunch of money on that billboard already. They true. Yes. I will she say was very not, ambitious. This is not a good idea. I think it's very much in that character of, well, it says it'll make me money. I want right. money. We're going to do this. So this was going to bankrupt a farm that was already in trouble. Now, I think Ginger definitely contributed to it being in trouble because all of her plans reduced the amount of eggs that the farm was producing. Well, also, she breaks that pot pie machine about 10 times <laughs> and they still fix it instead of being like, this costs a bunch of money. This is costing more. This this is a waste. Let's not fix this stupid pot pie <laughs> machine again. Yeah. I just though, think it's funny that all they when when Rocky and Ginger fall in there, the only thing mm-hmm. that they do is cram a carrot into the gravy spout thing and then Uh they run out of the oven and knock a couple gears out of place and somehow that puts the entire machine out of commission and they can't figure out how to fix it for two weeks i thought it blew up the gravy ladle yeah that was at the the pressure though yes it was twice that was the whole gravy thing that blew up this was just the gravy laser yeah oh the gravy laser Laser. great (laughs) Um, (laughs) you can't say it didn't look like a laser machine (laughs) all right fair enough but like it was squirting it was like a lilo in stitch laser where it was squirting fluid uh anyway um 
they do that. I was thinking about this because Ginger gets taken in to become the first pot pie made from this machine and Rocky goes to save her. Rocky doesn't do a whole lot. Like there's one time he saves her from being crushed. Every other time he is a liability Mm -hmm. because she tries to escape the oven and he falls into literally every single one of the 30 pies in that oven in his attempt to escape. Every. Oh, he's. Does that not answer your question, though? Because what? if Ginger was the only chicken put in there at the beginning, why would they sure. have so many pies all in the oven at once? Because it's a dumb machine. <laughs> but, like, the machine doesn't know how many chickens are being put in. He put the legs in the conveyor belt. Presumably, the machine assumes that there's going to be every section of the conveyor belt is loaded with a chicken. I don't know. Also, I was curious because... Mr. Tweedy does all of the work to put this thing together, and Mrs. Tweedy gives him crap because he doesn't, um, he can't complete it fast enough, but she's not doing any of the work for her future. And then and her then, name is on the label. Yeah. Yes, because it's a woman's touch. Right. But also, after he's built the entire thing, he looks up to her longingly as like, oh, how does it work? Meaning, he had no idea how this thing works, but he put the entire thing together? This machine is built to fail. Well, their entire farm is built to fail. Yes. Well, luckily, I'm the chickens got out when they, they had, did. Because the, they have the chickens out there all fenced in. They put mm-hmm. this machine into a giant barn that's there. But I'm right. curious what was in the barn in the first place, because they had room to put in this giant machine, and they don't have any other animals on the farm other than chickens and a couple of rats. To me, it just looked like a glorified tool shed, because that's where he's keeping all of his tools that the rats steal to give to the chickens. Uh, presumably, chickens need some, I don't know, cleanup, and this is where the cleanup stuff would be. Oh, yes. You have to clean up chickens. They smell disgusting. Yeah. Well, I uh, mean, also, if you're going to eat them, it would be cleaning off all the feathers and et cetera. Yeah, yeah isn't it in the barn where she cuts the head off? Yes, yeah. I think it is. That's where they have the stump and the axe. Or, here's my fan theory, is they mm-hmm. used to have more animals, but as, as they had to spend more and more money on security for the chickens, they slowly got rid of the other animals. Because <laughs> Mr. Tweety is oh, a crazy okay. person. Yes, so he, sh- he sold all the sheeps, all the, the cows. Sean the sheep. Sure. Uh, Is Sean the sheep in the same universe and you still live here? Who knows? Maybe all of their movies are in the same universe. It's possible. I would not put it past. Waltz and Gromit. There's Flushed Away, which has a bunch of rats. Maybe that's what happens to the rats after they leave Paradise. Yeah, you can definitely tell this is the in the Wallace and Gromit verse because of well, a their faces, uh, and b all the all the contraptions that are built. There's oh, yeah. the machine that makes the pies, but there's also everything that the chickens build. Like all of their coops have these secret passageways in them where they can just remove a panel or hide someone in the floor. Yeah, it's they have a very very specific style that you can recognize right away. Mm-hmm. Argument so. Great. Let's talk about the references in this movie, because (laughs) there are a butt ton. Uh, One of the ones that I noticed first is as the Mel Gibson uh, rooster is flying in, he is screaming freedom like his character in Braveheart. Yes. Uh, And then uh, when they're in the chicken machine, 
Uh, they're about to get out. The oven door is closing slowly, and Ginger has to go back and retrieve her hat real quick, a la Indiana Jones. Yep. Yes. There are so many. I didn't write them all down because there were too many to write them all down, but... Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the other ones I have are from the third act, but I'll do them now. Uh, they make Star Trek references mm, with that's their, the, one I was the thing say. that they build. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it, what was it, they, they're they're in their contraption that they're flying out of the the fence mm-hmm. in their giant bird that they built, and he's telling them what what does he say? They need more power uh, or something. Yeah, they need to get and more the, power. The smart and, oh yeah. And then of course, like, the I'm Scottish, giving her all she's got, Captain. Of course, the smart one is the Scottish accent too. Yeah, I'm giving her I... all she's got. Captain. Uh, and then when the um, when they notice that the Mrs. Tweedy has glommed on, they're like, Captain, we've got a Klingon. Yes. <laughs> I know there's a Shawshank Redemption one, but I oh, don't remember yeah. what it was. Interesting. Because mm, I'm wondering what that would be, because... Back to Carl's favorite characters... When oh the rats! They're, they're, when they're the the birds are trying to learn how to fly, and the rats are down on the ground underneath them, and all the the chickens keep falling and landing all over the ground around them. The rat says, "It's raining hen." Uh-huh. <laughs> it's raining hen. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. Oh goodness. Yeah. And then their whole argument about the chicken uh, versus the egg is kind of fun, too. Yeah, that's at the, the very end. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, though, there is one line that I have a note on that I particularly enjoyed. It's not necessarily a reference. It's just something dumb that they highlighted. Uh, because, let's see, the two rats are talking to uh, Rocky about getting materials and how sneaky they can be. And one of them says, yes, we'll sneak in like a fish. <laughs> and it just yeah. that stuck with I me. I have no idea what that was supposed to mean. It wasn't I don't think it was supposed to mean anything cuz his friend looks at him like he's the biggest moron. <laughs> but I think that's going to come into my lexicon now. Nobody's going to know what it means except for maybe you two. <laughs> okay, so the Shawshank Redemption thing is there's a line in Shawshank that says no one escapes from Shawshank. Oh, okay. And the farmer says no one escapes the farm. Oh, wow. That's a bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to you. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily... I mean, it's in the IMDb saying it's a thing. But also, um, I mean, Shawshank is part of that group that it's definitely probably parodying. I would agree, though... I thought about this for the pitch movie. I specifically didn't do Shawshank because it is just a sole character escaping. Mm. uh, And he does it in a way that doesn't necessarily line up with this. Because uh, it's it's an enclosed prison. He escapes through like a drain pipe going through sewage, and like well, he this goes film. The wall first. Well, sure, but this one also didn't have a a poster covering a hole in a wall, which I think would be I mean, the, the better not reference in a specific sense, but in a a larger sense of it's a parody of all of these different movies, and it's just little bits and pieces. So Shawshank, Escape from Alcatraz, The Great Escape is obviously the biggest one, right? Um, so which will um, come up later. I am, this just occurred to me, they tried to dig their way under the fence at one point. Yes. We already referenced the fact that they made secret tunnels inside the chicken coops. Why would they not have dug under and just made a tunnel from inside the chicken coops and nobody would even see them digging out? They did. Remember, that was her on the roller skate. 
And? But she gets comes out oh. and comes out immediately in front yeah. of the dogs. Was that right. what it was? Yes, and I think that now that we've mentioned it a bunch, my pitch game is ruined, but it's fine um, <laughs> because that is the specific reference to the Great Escape, yeah. where the prisoners escaped by digging a tunnel, but uh, not on and, a roller skate. Right, right. But let, um, some of okay. the you other also ones ruined were... Sarah's pitch game. Then so that's it's fine. fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I have others. They, they, it has to be combined with something else, so it's only half ruined. Sure. No, but one of the other things, it's not a reference to a movie, but I liked that when they're making the things, it's all built out of things that are chicken-sized. So when they're, they're the, the thing is, and there are things that stop the wheels, are Toblerone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's and right. he even says it because whatever word he says is yes. the actual no. word for a piece of Toblerone. When oh, when really? they when they were removing it so that they could fly, he says remove the chalks. Except I think mm. it was like chocolate is what it. Ah. Was. But, but 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 no, chalks is actually it's a specific word for those for... little pyramid things. Yeah, just a little piece of Toblerone. Oh, interesting. Mm. I did not know that. I learned something new today. I think so. Let me look. Though, uh, another reference I have written here is at one point they have a party. I can't remember exactly why. Maybe just Rocky Roads thinks they all need to relax. Um, And the rats are in the rafters wearing sunglasses and doing dances. I don't know all of the dance references, but one of them was definitely the Blues Brothers. Um, I think one might have been Saturday Night Fever. Ooh, yeah. yes. Yes. Um, no, but that. he wants them to relax because he says scaring people to death will not motivate them was mm. the thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, that'll come up in my lesson a bit later. I have the exact line that he did. All right. Well, why don't we go on to the third act? So this is where ev- all of their escape things have come to fruition. And the big final moment is they build another machine, which I greatly enjoyed. They build a giant chicken. Um, uh, and this is where all of the um, the characters with their specific abilities come in, with the smart person doing the all uh, the engineering work, the knitter in charge of creating, I don't know, the fabric for the wings? Yeah. And what I noticed... Again, the engineering, I don't know how much you paid attention to her during this design phase, because she had her oh. little, um, what's that Blueprints? thing? Blueprints? Yeah, no, what's the little thing? The compass? Oh, compass? compass, sure. That she was measuring the wings of the little model of the bird, but along with that, she had it hanging over a piece of paper with a light shining on it that made it larger scale on the paper below it, so that you could oh. draw out the blueprints of it. So I don't know yeah. where they got their model from, but <laughs> uh, so <laughs> their idea the, the, what's the idea name? came from the the older Fowler. person, yes, yeah. who showed them I think a stamp with an airplane on it. No, it was a poster and, because he okay. used, wasn't it because he used to work there. He had like at, he was, uh, what's the thing propaganda for when they're trying to make you join. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Kind of like what the British version he, of I want you. He yeah. called it something weird like. A the shed or the trunk. The crate. That was the what it crate. was. The crate. Which I kind of like because, like, being, like, the chicken mascot, and which you find out later because yeah. they think that he was actually a pilot. And he's like, they don't want chickens fly planes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but obviously being, like, just this chicken mascot, there would be some things that would get, like, misunderstood and put into, like, chicken terms. And I kind of like that it's not a plane. It's a crate. Right. Right. Uh, though... 
I do want to say one more thing about the uh, the smart characters' plans because this movie does what a lot of movies do that makes no sense, but it's supposed to be shorthand for this is a really smart plan. Is they just write the theory of relativity yeah. relativity <laughs> where it doesn't belong, like. People understand this is a smart formula. So, of course, any paper with it on is another smart plan. They also do where she, at one part when she's originally, she's doing the thing about thrust. Keeps right. yelling thrust. Is she just talks really, really fast. Yes. And then the other character makes it understandable in very, like, condensed terms. Mm -hmm. Right. Who doesn't understand thrust? It's uh, the force to go. The guy who's lived go. in the circus. A chicken in the circus, obviously. <laughs> Oh, fine, whatever. Well, also, she was speaking very... I think it was less that he didn't understand Thrust and more that he didn't more. understand Scottish. Yeah. Oh, that's possible. Okay, so they, they build this plane. I want to talk about how they set up this plane because all they're doing is taking off. They have no illusions of ever coming back to this place. Why do you need runway lights? <laughs> True. Because it looks good on the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I just thought it was I interesting get... how they built it into the chicken coop so that all yeah. they had to do was tip it. Like, it was interesting, though, because they built it upside down, if you notice that. Because they, yeah. they had the chicken coop, they tipped it up on its end, and then they opened up the roof, and that's where the wheels came out of. And then they had to tip it over again to get it on the wheels. So it was actually built upside down inside there so that they could just tip it over. I did like that their, their takeoff ramp, which maybe would give them two feet of height, was like a uh, a lawn chair that you have to yeah. work into notches. Uh, they also go to like the lowest notch would be like the less steep angle. And well, was it set at the lowest notch to begin with? I don't know. Though it did get knocked over. Was that yeah. from... Was um, that Mrs. Tweedy? Mr. No, that was yeah, before. remember she... Mr. No, Tweedy she throws did the it. axe, remember? Mr. Tweedy kicked it oh, over yeah. before then. He right. kicks it over and then he gets hit in the head. Yes. And then she comes like to that. fix it and throws the axe at the chair. Right. And this is where Rocky, who had previously left them because he can't fly, comes back on a big wheel that he apparently stole from a child. Yeah, I was wondering um, where that came from. It's the dog. Because he didn't have it. He didn't have it when he left, but then suddenly he's just riding it with the little walkie-talkie radio thing that he. Yeah, had. I did like how this is the the allegory to a motorcycle because, of course, a chicken can't ride a motorcycle. Let's just give him a big wheel. A mouse can ride a motorcycle yeah. if it's a very tiny motorcycle, but I don't think that's yes, an actual motorized is, thing, Sarah. That is a, <laughs> the plot of the book. It's a toy. <laughs> Uh, but so they take off, uh, and luckily the runway lights were there. That's what um, Ginger and Rocky used to get onto the plane. But it also brings uh, Big Bad it, with them as well. Mrs. To Tweety. explain, when yeah. when the ramp gets knocked over, they have to spin the plane around in the runway, and the lights get snagged around the wheel. So that's sure. how Rocky and Ginger are able to use the sure. lights to get on the plane. All right, now. I, I did love uh, how they dealt with Mrs. Tweedy because she is slowly climbing up. Presumably, if she gets to the top, then it'll be too heavy and it'll crash. Um, like, I don't know how she's going to recover her chickens if they crash, but whatever. The, the, the physics of that whole scene is very <laughs> yeah. cartoon. Oh, yes, because this is not a traditional fixed wing plane. This wing is flapping like a chicken does, even though chickens can't fly. I wonder if, like, old-timey chickens could fly, like, non-domesticated chickens. 
You mean raptors? <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's possible. Like turkeys can fly. Okay, are you imagining like a prehistoric chicken, much like a chocobo? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they can't fly either. Chickens? Oh, oh, sometimes they can. The really fat one can. Oh, fly. now are you picturing like a Legend of Zelda chicken that can glide? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm talking about a, no, we're still on the chocobos. There is a type of chocobo that can fly, but this I has would, nothing to do with chickens. Uh, fair enough. I've never played one of those games. I only know that most chicken breeds are still able to fly short distances. For example, flying into a tree to escape a predator. Okay. I but they are like... not good at flying is what <laughs> Google tells Initially, me. I assumed your example was how chickens make mistakes. Like, they can fly for short distances, but they normally go into trees. Well, that's like turkeys. Wild turkeys, yeah, they can fly, but they're not very good at, like, not running into things. So anyway, let's go back to the plot of this thing. Uh, so to deal with Mrs. Tweety, Ginger decides that she's going to go down and try to cut this string of lights with, like, <laughs> with the worst pair of scissors ever. It's like the safety, like, little kids' safety yeah. scissors. Yeah, these are, are a toddler safety, safety scissors type thing. And, oh my god, had this cut the wire, I would have been done with the film. Because there is no way in hell that would work. I don't Luckily, know if she it doesn't ever would have to. found out because she didn't even get a chance to try to do it. Exactly. That's why I appreciate what the film did, because she drops the scissors and goes down onto the string of lights. And the way this resolves is Miss Tweety tries to... Well, she tries to bite it first. Yes, and that fails. Then Miss Tweety tries to chop her head off, but Ginger... And it's actually a pretty great scene, because it looks like Ginger's head isn't there. Then you realize she actually tucked it in behind her. Her head slowly hands up and reveals that the line has been cut and she's holding both ends meaning she is supporting the entire weight of a grown woman yes uh and then she drops it and miss tweety falls to earth in back into her farm meaning this plate is just doing circles yeah and not only in the farm they drop her in a window that's barely larger than the diameter of her body and she falls right into the bigger than rocky when he went in through that window earlier yeah oh but you missed my favorite part is the fact that they run her into the billboard so at one point she's climbing up the thing and she has the like photoshopped yes. nice advertisement <laughs> face on her That's and it right. like pulls away and she's just horrific <laughs> uh, but she falls into her chicken pot pie machine creating uh back pressure which then causes it to explode in a a, a nuclear cloud of gravy and oh i just like sh- they do this in other movies too, where like the the much abused spouse sees that person in some sort of trouble and just kind of closes the door and <laughs> walks away. Though I loved it in here because I think he closes the door and then the wall collapses behind him. Well, the door falls on top of her behind him after he closes it. Oh, it's it's a great moment. Oh, some retribution for a character who's been abused most of his life. Maybe the chicken. Maybe Ginger can hold up her body, or Mrs. Tweety's body, because she's just made of hatred and skin. And that doesn't weigh very much. <laughs> oh, wait. we ha- No, it's Sarah. In yes. every yeah. of our movies, we always know it's magic. <laughs> yes. It is magic. Magic. Can we get you saying magic in your magic voice, please? Magic. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, the fans are going to love that. Uh... <laughs> 
Uh, and then, so the film ends. Apparently, they have landed. See, I was curious if this was going to end in the road to El Dorado sense, whether they're just going to fly and we assume that they find paradise, even though, like, if they land anywhere else, this is still a world populated by humans and they just become another human's property, but they manage to land in a bird sanctuary, which they change to a chicken sanctuary and, and they find rats. the paradise that they were looking for. And some questionable children were, we're not sure where they came from. Right. But they keep also, the rats for some They're reason. acting like they have just gotten there. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, this is great. But yet they've had time to have like 20 babies. That's true. That's very questionable. Maybe <sighs> some of them were pregnant already. Maybe they stole some. How does bird science work? Maybe. Let's not get into if it. If they landed in a bird sanctuary, maybe there were birds there already. Maybe they're not actually chickens. Maybe those are like adopted some other babies. Adopted bird babies. They stole Adopted babies. Adopted bird babies. Oh, I would love that to be the sequel. We're just following <laughs> like, these birds who are meant to be eagles but act like chicken. Maybe it's a whole mixture. Maybe some are eagles. Maybe there's some ducks. And you're just going to have this weird, like, <sighs> 90s diversity version of birds. Yes, and they can have a montage where they all learn how to fly. But one of them is actually a chicken and doesn't understand why they can't. And they have to learn that they have di different strengths and weaknesses. Oh. And how to love yourself. Yeah. Like the chicken can't fly, but she has inherited the super smart gene so she can design uh, machines I hope, I hope for everyone DreamWorks else. I hope DreamWorks is listening to this. Yeah, and these are built, these are brilliant ideas, Mark. She builds herself a tiny bird helicopter, and that's how she flies with them. <laughs> but now that yes, yes, what was your what is that movie? Flown away, fly away, home away, something. Fly away away home. The one, there we go. The one with Anna Paquin and the yes. geese. Yes, yeah, the one where the geese where fall in love and think so this human is a their oh, mother. Wait. Doesn't one get injured and so she like straps her to her little plane yes. so that the geese oh, don't yes. go with them? Oh. But Maybe we'll I have to watch that one. So Maybe. you're talking chicken version of Fly Away Home then because they have to build like, a thing to fly away with their friends. I was thinking like uh, Stuart Little 2, where he gets the little airplane so he can fly around with his bird friend. Oh. I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we have gone off the rails of Chicken Run, so why don't oh, we, we close it here? Oh, I have oh, one ahead. more thing go that ahead. we didn't mention earlier is of all of the like plans and stuff that fail that gets him to escape, my favorite one that we didn't get to mention was they do that, like, the little kid get into a movie thing where they just pile on top of each other and make themselves into a human body. <laughs> they make themselves into Mrs. Tweety, which is why yeah. the dogs don't And then don't they walk them. around on stilts. Yes. Yeah, we didn't mention that Ginger has genuinely genius plans that they never try twice, but she is never at fault for why they don't work. Like all these ideas are genius, but all of her friends ruin every yeah. single one of her plan. I do love that. Like the dogs are like guard dogs, but they're not bad dogs. Cause at the end they're just hanging out and eating the gravy. And <laughs> yep. dogs. They had to clean up the house. Oh goodness. All right. Let's go on to games. <laughs> Our first
first game is the pitch game, where you're describing to a friend who's never seen the film before, or a Hollywood producer, what this movie is in terms of other things in the form, it's this meets this. Sarah's gonna start us off here, and why don't you do the one that we've already kind of revealed, uh, and start with there. I will do the same. Um, because it is an escape movie, and also involves a farm with smart animals, it's Great Escape meets Babe. Oh, I could have sworn you were going to go Great Escape meets Animal Farm. <laughs> no, we're not any- <laughs> It's very different. These are not communist? They are not. Cute animals, not political animals. I will start with that one for me as well. Since this is a property with a large group of characters led by a select few with very specialized skills, digging a tunnel and escaping an enclosure covered in fences and barbed wire, and a reference that should become obvious, uh, this is The Great Escape meets Rockadoodle. <laughs> I almost did Rockadoodle! You know I what? don't know if anyone remembered I've Rockadoodle. I've never seen Twitter. that movie, so I wasn't going to use that one. But actually, I didn't, I didn't even know think of anyone... it because I, I only seen know it, it but... as a reference. Aww, I know no of it because it? we've talked about it on this podcast before. I think, but <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, never mind. I'll, I'll Any... tell you guys after why I think. So about you guys started with the Great Escape because we talked about it. Uh, I'm going to steal another one that we talked about before you guys steal it from me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I'm going to say because we have Mel Gibson trying to get his freedom, <laughs> and um, there is a scene when they are building their giant bird contraption that there were animals building the thing out of fabric, and they went by with scissors bouncing around on top of them, and it reminded me of this other movie. So it's a very obscure reference, but Good. I have Braveheart meets Cinderella. Oh, Aww. all right. Yeah, I could see that. The talking animals, the talking animals, rats. and then 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 the animals building things for. Except it wasn't building it for anyone else. But okay. Yeah. Go so ahead, Sarah. since we have another movie escaping from prison and a misunderstanding involving a con man who, in the end, um, comes back and pulls things together to be the hero, we have Shawshank Redemption meets Music Man. <laughs> All right, I got the second reference right away, uh, but good. I was worried you were going to steal another one of mine. Luckily, <laughs> you did not. All right, so my second one. Oh, wait, I have different orders here. We're going to finish with my, my last good one. I'll go to my not-as-good one here. Uh, so this is a film where two characters are heckling with puns. There is streetwise talking rats and performing chickens. Uh, and a property with a large group of prisoners escaping on an airplane. This is The Muppet Show meets Con Air. I've never seen Con I, Air. Oh, I, I knew Cage? the Muppets one yes. from what you were saying. but It's very weird because one of my friends, former co-workers, used to have a nickname for me that came from Con Air. And I have never <laughs> seen Con Air, so I still don't get the reference. Uh. It's all right. Uh, Someday. In, in high school, I had the nickname of Mad Carl Beyond the Thunderdome, and I never <laughs> saw Mad Max. Oh, it's, yeah. I have never but, seen the Thunderdome one, but. Oh, I think Mark is out. Or no, did you, I no, have, you have I have one more. One more, yes. Sorry, I miscounted. <clears throat> so we have the main characters building a giant bird in order to escape the enemy. And because. They're flying around and drop a bomb through a window and land it in an exhaust port in the gravy that's less than two meters. I have oh, Bugs Life meets Star Wars A New Hope. 
I should have done my other one. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Sarah. Did I steal something? Mine all have you? a similar theme, which is the first movie involves someone escaping daringly from prison, but also because um, this involves a group of disadvantaged people being bullied by a shrew of a wife and a henpecked husband. It is Escape from Alcatraz meets Oliver. Oh, very Henpecked. nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. Uh, my last one is a group of cartoon animals being forced to produce food for their oppressors, being helped out by members of a circus pretending to be what they aren't, and building a giant bird to win at the end, uh, and a property with an imprisoned character with an unbreakable will locked in a punishment box, making multiple escape attempts, eventually leading to a successful one. Also, an important scene involving eggs. This is A Bug's Life meets Cool Hand Luke. I just thought of another movie we should have used in one of these once you said punishment box. Matilda! Oh. Why did none of us think of Matilda? Oh. Mrs. Tweety is totally... Trunchbull, like the, yeah. Yeah, she's totally Trunchbull. And there's a punishment box. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen that. What? Or if I have, it's either? been like 20 years, so... Plus, if we did went you... with the stage version, Trunchbull is usually played by a man, and this character was very mannish in her yeah. looks because they have like one model for humans. Which is interesting because she's played by Miranda Richardson, who is gorgeous. <laughs> And I love her, but it's it's so funny. Um, but I just got that from Punishment Box. <laughs> All right, we're going to go on to our second game, which is alternate tagline. A word or phrase you would see on the movie poster for this film. Uh, something encapsulating the theme of the movie and hopefully missing the point. Now, Sarah and or Mark are going to steal actual taglines. Uh, so I won't say them now. No. You guys can pull them in. It's what? Because they're just so much better than the than anything. Wait, we we're not on the. Ta- are we on the tagline? Yeah, our second the- game is always tagline. Is it? Yes, <laughs> it has. It is and always has been. Uh, are you Are you sure it wasn't the TV guide? Oh, I am positive. We have always done TV guide <laughs> third. <laughs> One of us pays attention. I'm having problems. <laughs> You're having a senior moment. I am, oh, and I'm the youngest man. of us. All right, so why don't you guys pull up the actual taglines while I start us off? Um, I've already got it. Okay, so the thing about the taglines that I hate is that they're all super duper punny, uh, but I wrote one that follows suit. So uh, here we go. How much am I going to hate you? Oh, like a bunch. <laughs> oh. So it is... Chicken run. She's sick of being cooped up, so it's time to eggscape. Uh. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's dead. We've killed Is Sarah. It, that that's a tag. That's a long tagline. Oh yeah, but it's not. I had to be as bad as all the other it's ones. It's true. You, Plus, it, this involved two puns to all the other one puns. Oh, I, there's I well, just, which I is funny because they have about fifteen of them because. Yeah. All right. Mark, you had one you actually wrote. Let's go to that. Oh, I did? No, You I said didn't. you did. Well, I guess I lied. <laughs> Good and great. All right. Uh, Sarah, give us an actual one. This ain't no chick flick. Uh, yep. All right. Mark, do you want to do one as well? We'll do an actual one, I suppose. Sure. A real plucker with a P. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember seeing that one. It was there. Escape or die frying. Oh. All right, I'm going to jump in here with one of the ones that I wrote. Uh, It is Chicken Run. 
This summer, they'll fly the coop. Literally. <laughs> Mine had something to do about a flight of fancy, but it wasn't good Ooh. enough to put it in here, so. All right. Here's uh, another real one. A few good hen. Oh, goodness <sighs> gracious. All right, one more from each of you, and then I'm going to do my final one, and then you can do as many more as you want while I die off screen. I don't know if there are enough left for both of us. There's poultry in motion. Yeah. Good. Good and great. All we'll right. We'll just end I, with yours. Yeah, I debated. No, there's one more we have to do. All right, you can finish Which it is... off, but let me do okay. mine first. I debated whether or not to do this one, but my girlfriend assured me that she wanted to hear it. Uh, so. <laughs> this is for you, Tori. Yeah, this is for you, Tori. Uh, chicken run. Men are cocks. Uh, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see which ones we haven't done. The Lone Free Ranger. Uh, and my favorite, it's Chicken Impossible. Oh, uh, good God. All right. Let's, please, please let's <laughs> please go on to move our on to game, something else. <laughs> uh, which is the TV guide game, something you would see in a TV guide or a Netflix description where it describes the plot of the film, but possibly misses the point. Sarah, you have the most of us, so you are going first. All right. A woman's crazy plans end up injuring most of her friends. Hmm. Uh, I have got... A woman fails to prevent an uprising against her despite multiple warnings from her husband while a circus performer scams a bunch of rats. <laughs> That's just like the actual plot. Well, yes, but it is perhaps not the main plot. I suppose. Mark, do you have one? I, oh, I have one, yes. <laughs> I didn't know it was up to me already. I thought Sarah had to go. Anyway, a curmudgeonly old rooster gets his feathers in a ruffle when his harem of hens gets excited by a younger cock. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled the car off. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. My my next one actually sounds like it could be a British sitcom, which is a new man interrupts the daily lives of a women's prison. Oh, yeah. I could see that not necessarily British, but something in the vein of Orange is the New Black. Just mm. a handsome man comes to work as a guard. Anyway, um, so my last one here is... A young lady refuses to do her job and convinces her friends to follow suit, leading to the bankruptcy of a fourth-generation family business. Those evil chickens. All right. Mark, I think you are out. I, so... I'm done. All right. Sarah, All right. finish us off here. Difficult, ill-behaved animals cause a pot pie shortage. Ha! Uh, they also I... cause an egg shortage. I think, thinking about it, we should do one more game real quick that I just thought of. Go for oh, it. Which Great. is... If you were one of the chickens in Chicken Run, what chicken would you be? Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I think I would be, as as I tend to be, not the brains, but sometimes the leader of groups. And also, I like arguing with people. I am definitely Ginger. Okay. Well, See, I would definitely agree with the arguing with people. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you've led lately, especially not an escape. Small children. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, they, they are a lot. Less like, creepy than it sounds. Do they run around like uh, chickens Sarah with their heads cut off? Sarah is the Pied Piper of... A lot. <laughs> All right. Well, I think 
the the character I always identified with as a kid was the character who was the quote unquote smart character, like the Donatello of the Ninja Turtles. So I would very much be uh, whoever the smart chick is in this. Mac. Mac. I would. Which go apparently, with Mac. according to MIDB trivia, was originally short for McNugget. Oh, oh adorable that kind of and makes sense. dark. And she actually has a real Scottish pattern on her scarf that oh, goes like to a, a specific. Yeah, she. But it goes to a specific family. Oh. It's a real one. <laughs> Is this the the Order of the McNugget? <laughs> the Order of the McNugget. I I really don't know if any of them spoke to me in this movie. I think as a kid, you always want to be Rocky because he's the supposed hero of the movie, even though he really doesn't do anything. He's kind of a jerk for most of it. I kind of want to say that I would go that that I would be Fowler because I would be the grumpy old man <laughs> yelling at everyone. You're, either that or you're Edwina and you die in the first scene. Aww. <laughs> we... I have to say one more bit of trivia sure. now that we've done our chicken personas. Yeah, is so the reason I read that why you never see Rocky and Ginger kiss straight on. Yeah. is because they didn't know how to make like chicken kissing lips that mm-hmm. didn't look ridiculous <laughs> so they're always interrupted or shown from like the back yeah so that they didn't have to figure that out <laughs> yeah i don't know how you do that because like you could create like pursed lips on a beak but yeah that would look crazy they they do it when someone kisses fowler on the cheek mm-hmm. but i think it looks with weird too you would have like what is that children's show with the penguin where he does the weird like trumpet mouth the like newt newt thing uh <laughs> you must watch more kids shows. Pengu? No, never seen that. But anyway, let's go Pingu, on. Let's yeah, please, like for that. the love of God, go on to our reviews. <laughs> you wanted us to to lengthen this episode up. You're right. Um, so we're going to go on to our reviews. Our first scale is that of our potato scale, where we will tell you the emotion and see will feel while watching the film. So what do you guys have? What was Chicken Run in terms of potatoes? Should, should I go first while you pull this thing up? Yeah. <laughs> I have one of my potatoes. I just always wait for Sarah to go first because she's the lady of the group, but she never wants to go first, apparently. She she has revealed she is the girly girl of the group. (laughs) Are we going to go back to that one where you don't believe me? Okay, so mine is, I guess it's a combination of maybe black potato because it's definitely a very dark movie. But also Five Guys Fries because I loved it. Like, I can't think of anything I would change in this movie. I thought it was great. I had so much trouble coming up with notes to put down for this movie because I was just like, nope, this is good. This is good. And there was a couple times where like, oh, I could write down that this funny joke. And then immediately the film answered my question because there was like one time when he's in the jacuzzi and I'm like, where are these bubbles coming from? They're chickens. And then it immediately goes to showing the bike pump that's doing it. And I'm like, dang it. They ruin everything by being too good. Yeah, they, they thought through a lot of it. So, yeah, really... I might have to go along with you uh, because, well, hmm. though I wanted to find a potato because we don't have one that necessarily fits this on our scale. Um, But it's a black potato uh, because, you know, the troubling issues. And I want to come up with a potato that would mean just for adults. Like this is so much not a kid's movie. Uh, So the other ones we... Was I a weird kid? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, I think the kids wouldn't get the full sense of what this is, but like, if an adult watches it, they would think, 
oh, that's far too dark for my children. Ooh, it's, I, I've got an idea. I feel sure. like kids would enjoy the movie. They just may not see that aspect of it's, it, but the adults potato, would definitely see it more. Potato casserole because it's got layers. Okay. <sighs> it's got like the kids uh-huh. layer and the adult layer. All right. All right. I Let's put that on the list. I will go a black potato casserole. That sounds disgusting. Yes. <laughs> Mark, what do you got? Um, yeah. Yeah. I also was going to say black potato. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Um I I would not put it as five guys, I guess. It was I, I enjoyed it and I you know, there's good jokes throughout it and all I guess apparently puns are terrible because they make everybody groan, but that's kind of why I like them. So, so but I it it uh, I don't know. I think the the casserole would make sense too because I can't classify it as just for kids and I can't say that it is spoiled with age because I still enjoyed it. It's just not the best. So, I guess we would also go I would I could also say the black potato casserole, but it right. still sounds terrible. It does. <laughs> I would not eat it. Uh and let's go on to our second rating scale, which is a watchability scale, a scale from I zero or chicken egg to ten. Um based on how much Someone you Someone fix my spelling. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Mark fix her spelling. Um <laughs> uh, so zero bad, ten good. Uh what would you guys rate this on a watchability scale? Uh ten. Oh wow interesting so no explanation at all just a 10 yeah just for sarah this is the perfect movie it was so Mm. i'm gonna british accents claymation uh aardman entertainment some dark like morbid humor which i like because i'm a weirdo and like good jokes i liked it 10 out of 10 okay i don't know if i could say good jokes i agree a lot a lot of what you said not the puns i'm I'm not gonna talk about the puns for how many, how much puns were in the writing, <laughs> and another one for how much references this film uses. This felt to me you... a lot more like a parody on something, or instead of creating like its parodies. own things, yeah. it's bringing in references from other properties, and not even ones that are related to escape movies, like the Indiana Jones reference or the Star Trek reference. Which they escape from things in those movies. Sure, but they're not <laughs> necessarily in the genre that this is a parody it's of. So, it was still a good movie. I'd recommend going back and watching it. Uh, so, I'm going to give it a 9 on our scale. Just short be like... of perfect. Cinemasins and ding it every time you hear a pun. Oh, God, it'd just be a constant ding. It would be one continuous note. So it's interesting (laughs) because I actually enjoyed the parody scenes because those are the ones it's like, oh, I get that reference. And then it kind of makes you laugh because you see that they're making fun, not making fun, but they're referencing other things that I also enjoyed. So I don't, I guess it doesn't take away from the movie for me, but. Um, I think the entire thing is kind of a tongue-in-cheek movie, so you expect some things like that that are not necessarily original. Uh, I I would also give it a nine. I'm I'm not gonna say it's the perfect best ever movie, but it's definitely worth watching or rewatching. All right, so that's gonna close out our reviews. Now, regular listeners to the podcast would know where this is where we normally introduce the movie that we're going to do next. But in an effort to get more people listening. Uh, We are not going to do that on the episode itself. We'll be doing that in a series of 
uh, clues or puzzles on the Facebook page and trying to promote those so that we can get more listeners. So look for this um, the week after this episode comes out, which will be the week just before our next episode will be released. So we're going to finish things off here. So Sarah, why don't you tell people where they can find us online and explain the social media we won't be doing? Yes, you can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can also find us at our website at retrograding.fireside.fm. And for the moment, until there is audience demand for it, we will not be using our Twitter anymore. Um, just to save us some time until there's people that really want to use it so we don't have to learn how to use Twitter because yeah. we're old people. <laughs> yeah, none of us truly understand Twitter or use it in any <laughs> significant sense of the word. Uh, also, most of our social media posts right now have been pointing people back to the podcast that you guys are already listening to. And so we are going to make an effort to make more interactive posts and focus on one social media outlet instead of many. But uh, our music is done by Dominique Barnes. You can find her at Dominique A. Barnes on SoundCloud if you'd like to contact her or know more. Uh, and I'm going to finish things out with... Wait. Oh. I have one more thing. And if you guys really want to support our podcast, we'd love for you to do things like tell a friend or share one of the part posts on Facebook to all of your friends so we can spread the love to more people. Yeah, and please so. uh, subscribe on iTunes or in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, people do come to the episode. We have a fair amount of downloads, but it's not like the day of. Uh, so if you subscribe, it helps us keep track of our metrics and let us know how many people are actually listening to things. And you could leave us a review somewhere, too, if you'd like. Yeah, do all of the say, things above. Say nice things about Please, it. We love it. Please say nice things to our faces if you see <laughs> us in the real world. Uh, but I'm going to close things off here with, guys, I learned something today. So there are a lot of lessons in this film. One is how you can sneak like a fish very sneakily uh another one <laughs> is that honesty is not always the best policy sometimes people just want to hear what they want to hear even though it's not the actual truth but the thing that i'm going to take away most from this is listen to the elderly it's how they get to the third act it's how they discover airplanes exist and they <laughs> would have they would have also known that he couldn't fly a plane before the last 11th hour if they had just talked to the man more than two seconds. Ah, so that is going to close us out here. Look for uh, clues to the next episode coming in the coming week. And then a week after that, the episode itself will release. So thank you for joining us. That is going to close it for this episode of Retrograding. Bye-bye. Goodness. All right. They had to let's clean up the house. Mark, let's go on to games. <laughs> Let me say the thing. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. This is normally where I get bloopers, but no bloopers shall be had. Cause, is it because no one did anything interesting? Well, it's also because I don't want to edit out all the oohs and ums and ugh. Arr.
Perfect. That's going in the bloopers <laughs> now. Yeah. I'm glad to be of help. <laughs>